0: Deep in London's beating heart lies a wall I luck do not be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you
1: see cause the Hello are everyone are and welcome to the Shrieking to Shack season!
2: five season five
1: season five this is a harry potter reread podcast for lapsed fans i am your host zc
2: and i'm liz
1: and liz we've done it we're in we're in book five this is crazy i i i don't want to say like oh i didn't think we get here because i you know we've always planned from the beginning to do the whole thing but like we're in book five we've, we've done four of these of these long things now
2: yeah does this feel like the halfway point to you
1: that, that that's funny. It's funny you should mention that because uh, I I I felt that when we finished book three that we were like we were like crossing the threshold into like the different Harry Potter books. Sure. Um. Now I I realizing how long Goblet of Fire was. We we read Goblet of Fire for nearly seven months. I think. Uh. And this book's even longer. So I I it only really hit me that this was the halfway point. Like. A couple days ago i was honestly more just like "Man, we're almost done which we are not at all we are nowhere no. close
2: to done. order of the phoenix is the longest book right
1: yes yeah it's the longest book and then i think uh both uh six and seven are basically goblet length
0: mm-hmm. so
1: we're we've got a ways to go but it's it's weird five out of seven feels like a like a long way in
2: yeah yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I'm very intimidated by the length of this book.
1: Yes, uh, especially because I don't know if you're. Co- are, are you reading like the, one of the original copies of like the blue cover?
2: I am, yes.
1: Okay, so I'm reading out of the new edition. Um, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but the text is so much smaller.
2: Yes. I would have to go back and compare. Um, is this your first? new edition copy
1: no goblet i'm i was reading goblet out of one of the new oh, okay. new editions as well and the the um the text on that seemed about the same as the copies i was reading before that which were like the paperback versions of the original um the original covers so i i was surprised to open this and see like oh there's there's a lot more going on on each page here than than i'm used to
2: Yeah. When, when, did you have a choice of which edition to buy? Did you choose this new one or when you go to the store, did they just have, have the new one?
1: Yeah. Unfortunately they only have the new ones. I think they've restocked and basically just like gotten rid of the old ones. I would have much preferred to have the old covers. I think I really, really like the color coded ones. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And these ones, you know, these, these ones with like the pencil illustrations, I don't think are bad. I think it's a, I think it's cool that it forms like one giant picture Mm -hmm. um but i do think i i always i I don't know if, if if this is something you can relate to but like when you think of like certain books or movies or games or whatever do you ever really associate like the colors on like the cover or maybe like the menu screen or something like with that thing
2: yeah yeah i think i do that for sure yeah this is so, the blue one and honestly like it's very fitting uh because i think this is going to be a very blue story
1: <laughs> well i was having this problem yesterday because i was i was updating our logo uh mm-hmm. uh for um for the new season and i was uh, like i'd always in my head just been thinking like yeah this is the blue one i'm gonna make it blue but then i realized no i used blue for goblet of fire because the goblet of fire has blue flames so I right. made it, I made this, I've made it like, like orange, like, like fire, fire, which I think is cool, but I'm still, I'm having like this disconnect looking at it like, I think, like, I think I did a good job, but this isn't the color I associate with this book. So I'm I'm having like an internal crisis with that.
2: Well, I really like our new cover and I also think that we tend to probably have a little bit of a different aura than the actual books do. That's true.
1: That's true for sure. That's I don't also... think
2: that, I don't think this is going to be our blue period. I'm not I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't feel that way.
1: <laughs> no, no, we we're we're, keep, we're keeping rowdy. I think we're te- we're turning <laughs> up the heat on JK Rowling as we go. So the yes. fire is is more appropriate. Maybe,
2: yeah, I like that.
1: Speaking of JK.
2: Rowling, we may be yeah.
1: in season five, but that doesn't mean we're mixing up the format here. I am hitting us with some news up at the top here. Great. She's back. back. Well, okay. JK. Rowling has access to a computer or phone. We know she's alive. Great., uh, she liked the tweet uh, uh, almost about two hours before we started recording. Um, which I like to think is just a little a little signal to us that, hey, I'm okay she's letting us know that 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 she's alive uh, and has not been uh consumed by by the wb uh marketing machine or something uh and and spit out for for i don't know like <laughs> what what would they do
2: like yeah yeah it's just that you know that hey i'm online
1: i'm online i'm here uh uh I, i'm i'm glad to know she did like a very perfectly jk rowling tweet she liked uh a, a, an album release announcement for the band fat cops which if you are <laughs> unaware of fat cops which i think would be 99.9 percent of people in the world uh they they are a band uh that has brought together two british or scottish maybe uh uh, twitter personalities who argued a lot about brexit um and they came together to form a band and it's the most insipid shit on planet earth
2: are were they arguing with each other yes so this is like a like a you know uh just just because uh little timmy wanted to vote for trump and little bobby wanted to vote for hillary clinton they can still be friends exactly sort of that's the band. that's beautiful
1: that's, that's beautiful there's a whole article about it that's very funny the music just sounds like nothing to me it is it is it is just the most like bland like i would say funk funk pop funko pop there you go it's it's funko, it's funko pop, pop. for your ears it's
2: funko pop the band
1: it's funko pop the band but the thing that i love the most about this is that like jk rowling is friends with the drummer i think or is it because
2: of twitter arguments
1: yes because because the uh he i'm sorry i said it was brexit it wasn't brexit it was it was scottish independence uh and jk rowling was very much against scottish independence uh and um uh so was the drummer for this band i think so they've they've been popular online friends for a while but the thing that is great about this is that she only gave it a like would not give this band with uh barely over a thousand followers that her friend is in a retweet just just a little like no god no just a little like just just the queen has has deigned that you deserve one like no no rt uh from jk rowling for her friend which i think is very funny that's that's very her
2: yeah i mean she hasn't posted in a long time though so like maybe if she was tweeting a lot it would have been hit with a retweet but can she really come back after this has it been like three or four weeks it's nearly been a month
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: and then you know just you can't just throw casual retweets around like that
1: that's true maybe they approached her and were like like jk like our album's coming out could we get a retweet?" and she was like i'm sorry i'm 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 waiting for something very important to tweet Uh, for my grand return i i can give you a like if anyone is is looking at my likes they will see (laughs) they will see your fucking album oh god so she's back it's good to know she's back and alive and hard at work uh and someone else confirmed that she's hard at work uh Mm. uh, not just anybody it was the warner brothers ceo uh kevin sujikara uh so he did a uh an interview with the LA Times just kind of uh about what's going on at WB. I guess they had like a big stock uh surge this week, and so like like they're just like, hey, WB is doing good. What's what's on your brain? Uh uh Mr., Mr Mr Mr. WB, Mr. Warner. Sure, yeah. Um where's the other Warner brother? How come you're the only one running this co- company? <laughs> uh but there's a question here jk rowling's fantastic beast sequel did not do as well as expected what happened and the answer here the second film didn't perform as well as the first but i think we know what we need to do to get the third film hopefully even better than the first one and jk rowling is really working hard now on that third script and we're going to get it right she has an incredible vision of where she wants to go with it that is incredibly exciting The hardest part of the franchise is you have such a big core fan base. That fan base really knows the lore and they want to go deep into these characters. But what you don't want to do is intimidate people. You want to be able to create a standalone movie. That's enjoyable for someone who isn't steeped in the lore.
2: There's an equal part, ominous tone to that. Like Mm -hmm. the first half, you know, JK Rowling is hard at work on the script to make it even better than the first. I think that's pretty ominous. And then the second part just like takes a hard right turn and I don't know what he's talking about <laughs> because I don't think that that was the problem.
1: No, it but but that, that I think I think what that second part is is um is a bone, throwing a bone to the fans because that is the that is the line that like every hardcore fan of the movie has said right it was like oh it's really good if you're into the lore and i am right um that you know the people who who insist that like no if you're a real fan you understand that the grindelwald's right, lying at the end
2: right but that's not even true like all of the like mcgonagall stuff
1: right that, i yeah. mean which i
2: think is pretty inconsequential and almost feels i mean i think that that. Is kind of what he's talking about. Whereas that's something there for a casual fan who enjoys the Harry Potter movies and being able to be like, "Oh, that's McGonagall. I know her from the other movies." But yeah. fans, do, fans do not like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is kind of weird. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, like that's there, so it just doesn't sound like he's completely disavowing the film.
2: Right. Yeah. It's kind um, of a nothing answer for sure.
1: Yeah, but that first, you're right that that first part really is kind of ominous, like it's it's the the part where he says the second film didn't perform as well as the first but i think we know what we need to do to get the third film hopefully even better than the first one like just already just like completely throwing the second one under the bus like yeah is
2: that is is that thing assigning her a co-writer assigning an editor? like what what does it mean
1: yeah what do we we know what we need to do uh and jk rowling is really working hard on that third script and we're going to get it right like it's the the, we're going to get it right part is very (laughs) also just feels like 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 a stern teacher right like like this time we are going we are going to do our homework uh we are going to show our work and we're going to get it right um yeah i just i i guess we now know that that is uh, you you were you were right all along it probably was that she's just been heads down like writing the script all this time i I, like i got to imagine that i'm just now that the warner brothers ceo has said that the movie wasn't very good uh what is she (laughs) going to do about that like like what is she going to say because he's gotten out ahead of her now like she has not addressed the criticism of the film at all oh Um, yeah uh and (laughs) now now her like boss has basically like the one person who, who could conceivably be called JK Rowling's boss. Um, that's just so wild to me.
2: Yeah. God, that movie was bad. It was really
1: fucking bad. We going back and watching those deleted scenes and stuff just made me realize how, just how bad it was. And like, I'm so glad someone put the baby murder scene online. (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
2: it's, it's so funny, I think I talked about this a little bit last week that I feel like I overtalked it a little. I mean obviously we 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 talked about crimes of Grindelwald a lot, and I feel like i I twisted myself up. I thought through all of it being a bad movie and then all the rebuttals and then all the like discussions online. yeah, and it's yeah. like i I overdid it on my own and then stepping away from it for a few weeks and then looking back at it and seeing the deleted scenes and some of the scenes being put up on youtube i'm like damn that is just a really really bad movie it's a
1: really bad movie it's like, so top bad. to
2: bottom just a bad movie
1: yeah it's it's really bad i just still can't get over the uh the fact that for the quote-unquote extended cut they clearly just pulled a bunch of random shit from the editing floor and just like shoved it back in there without even like getting the composer back to put music over it. Yeah. The, the temp tracking stuff in that is so funny. Also, I found out uh, um, that if you are watching the extended cut on Blu-ray or on iTunes or, you know, wherever, wherever you got it from uh, in all of those scenes, it has a big like watermark that says <laughs> deleted scene hmm. in it. Like, like just, I, I, maybe maybe this is just me and like you know I, I like to be immersed in a film or whatever but like be watching a movie and having it a thing pop up and say like by the way this one's not in the like not actually in the movie that's just really weird that just that's feels sloppy. so bizarre yeah like that's just a bizarre way to watch a film anyway the um the you know this has been reported on uh you know through a lot of all your typical like like fandom news sites i really want to touch on on this headline here that i think is fantastic from cinema blend which is jk rowling is trying to make fantastic beasts 3 better than crimes of grindelwald
2: oh i should hope so
1: yeah what? like even if it was a good movie you'd kind of want to hear that right like like is anyone ever going like you know for the third one i'm just gonna not try like like i'm thinking i'm i want to make the third one worse than the second one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of my plan here. That's that's our news. I want to leave a little bit of time here because as we are in season five now, I think we've got to talk about what's kind of our overall feeling on on book five. And like, what do we, you know? Do you have any like memories associated with reading it? Any any stories that uh, uh, that come to mind?
2: <sighs> I feel like mostly I have like reactions to the end of the book. I don't I don't okay. really have a lot of like lead up. I suppose. I remember standing in line. I I, this is this is I I know that I went to the book four release, but I think that my strongest midnight release memory is Order of the Phoenix and being in just like a long line that snaked all the way around the borders.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, I this this was this was my first midnight release. I did not do the midnight release for Goblet. Um. I did it for this one, and it was also at a Borders, I believe uh but the thing that sticks out in my head most of all isn't actually this book so much as the lead up to it Mm -hmm. uh because this is the one where there was like a fucking uh like what was it three four years between uh uh books three and uh, four and five something like
2: that yeah like the
1: movies were coming out and like that was your dose of harry potter each year basically but other than that you weren't getting anything and so this was this was the time period where i was buying those hilarious like ultimate guide to the mysteries of harry potter books and stuff that were just full of like the most insane theory crafting stuff i was so into that stuff and and like that that experience really sticks with me uh uh like like waiting for this book for three years and finally getting it and like i i I don't even think i would say i was disappointed with this one i actually think I, i remember quite liking this one but it was like it it addressed Absolutely zero of the things that, like I had predicted, it would, or that the, you know, those those guidebooks had said were like a lock, like oh yeah, this mystery will be a core part of book five or whatever. Like none of that stuff came true.
2: Yeah, um, I think that I remember a lot of the speculation was around who was going to die because I believe that J.K. Rowling said in an interview, I will like a character at the end of this book will die and it's going to be someone closer to Harry. So I, I hmm. feel like a lot of the wild speculation was over that.
1: I, I, I do remember that people were convinced Hagrid was going to die in this book or something that, yes. that that sticks out to me as like one of the things in, in those like theory crafting books and stuff that I mentioned, but I was like, Oh yeah, Hagrid's definitely going to die this time. <laughs> um, which is really funny to think about in hindsight uh but yeah this was this was like i did not dive into the fan fiction end as much for harry potter during this time period but i think this is this is the time period where that really took off yeah
2: yeah this was the uh the time where um Pure blood spy Snape reigned supreme in fan mm. fiction mm-hmm. uh, because we obviously got that hint at the end of *Goblet of Fire*. He, you know, he showed his dark mark, and Dumbledore sends him to go do, do some sort of task, um, to which Harry speculates uh, in his internal monologue at the end of *Goblet of Fire*. You know, is he going back to to spy on Voldemort? And I think that that is really kind of when when the Snape fandom kicked off uh, and everyone kind of speculated that he, his background was of like a rich pureblood guy like Lucius Malfoy. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That stuff is so fascinating. I, I think over the course, uh, the long, long course of us reading this book, I'm going to try and dig into uh, like, like through like the, or the way back machine and stuff. I'm going to try and like pick through like old fan sites and stuff. And forums that still have archives like from this time period between these two books and kind of like try and get a picture of what the like fandom climate was like because like i you know i was around it i was very into it but like i i just my my like like online fandom awakening was not for harry potter right like it was for mm-hmm. zelda and like uh star wars and stuff um so I, I'd just be very curious to, like, document some of that stuff. Not just because it would be good podcast content, but I feel like some, so much of that stuff is disappearing and that's a little scary like
2: yeah yeah it really has been i I know there's kind of been a wider discussion of of stuff online you know you know isn't permanent right like that, that stuff is going away um and i think that was it like leaky cauldron essays that we couldn't find like there are lots of like dead links and things tons
1: of dead links on leaky cauldron stuff uh like after a certain point with leaky cauldron news posts mm-hmm. they they are all kind of like decimated and like only the headline exists and like the the blurb for the body paragraph but no actual content so a lot of that stuff is going away and i want to like salvage as much as the good stuff as i can before it disappears we're too late with the main thing though like leaky cauldron and muggle net both mm-hmm. had forums that are both just gone like the forums right. do not exist anymore uh and i don't know if they are even salvageable through like archive.org or or anything like like the, like i think like those are just like two massive massive uh like central hubs for harry potter fandom that just do not exist anymore um which is a really that's like a really weird thing to think about just like that's years and years and years of of like fan community stuff that's just disappeared and like that's very scary but also very interesting and i i definitely like to uh, as part of this project, kind of at least get like a snapshot of this period where the fan like like speculation and fan fiction community really came into its own.
2: Yeah, definitely. And like, I I would love to kind of cast a wider net. Obviously, like at the time, I was not academically minded. It was for my own kind of personal mm-hmm. uh, enjoyment. So my like everything I know is very tailored to my preferences. Snape. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> So I hey, can't,
1: that's I can't. important. You, you, you have in your head a very important piece of this puzzle. It's like I'm, fading away. I'm a,
2: I'm a specialist.
1: That's right. The Snape <laughs> specialist is here. <laughs> but yeah, no, this this stuff is so cool and 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 weird. And and I will definitely be dedicating some time to trying to piece some of that stuff together before it before it poofs away.
2: Yeah, I think with uh, Tumblr too. Like God. that stuff is just gone. It's just yeah. gone
1: it's just going like 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 it's you know uh it is it is in harry potter's case it's so strange because harry potter is fucking gigantic right like like one of the biggest media properties in the world so many people were involved um in you know discussing and and writing and and theorizing throughout the years and like to a certain degree with like smaller stories like smaller fan groups and stuff more obscure things it's like yeah that stuff will fade away but like realizing that harry potter is like missing a chunk of its uh uh history is so weird to think about because like like i you know even even if i wasn't involved i i had friends i knew people who were more similar to you and that like they were all in on that stuff that you know they, they were like super snape fans or like they had their own fan fiction that they wrote and posted and stuff and like that stuff's probably all gone uh and it's not like these people are all gone like we're not talking about like a previous generation we're talking about people in like their 20s and 30s right yeah. uh who's who's like adolescence has was online and is slowly fading uh and that's just wild uh, just, just absolutely insane.
2: It's very interesting. I, I, um, like thinking about some of the biggest things that happened in the Harry Potter fandom, and this isn't really even like Harry Potter fandom as much as like wider, wider stuff. Like My Immortal. Um, like when I think about like the website that it's hosted on, and I'm not saying that My Immortal is going to disappear because it's, I think it is too big to disappear almost Uh, but but to consider that there could be a time where you look it up and it's just gone like you can't read it anymore is frightening
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's a lot of things i've i've been reading the like I, i don't know if this is in your wheelhouse but like the uh the grover house photos like that guy on on something awful who like was making his own house from scratch and was clearly not a builder and was just posting these increasingly insane photos of his very bad job of, of oh building yeah house. I,
2: I do remember that yeah
1: that stuff is incredible but like for the longest time it was just sort of like apocrypha because like that original thread was gone and like the you know pictures that had been like rehosted and there were screenshots and stuff but it was only really recently that like somebody had i, I can't remember who it was it was someone I apologize I can't remember the name but some, someone fairly fairly uh you know twitter famous like went through and like was able to basically cobble together that old thread again with a lot of the highlights and stuff and, like that's <laughs> like it's totally frivolous it's 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 very silly but like that is such a weird internet milestone and like it, like funny internet event uh and like that's just you know that's just on like some random website that's that's just like for like random forum humor thing that nearly disappeared for good that's crazy to think about with harry potter which is something everyone knows right like yeah like yeah just just I'm, just having a moment of to myself here also only 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 someone with my very powerful online brain would compare harry potter to the grover house photos but <laughs> But, you know, that's just how how things go. I am yeah. so excited to talk about our reading this week.
2: Oh, me too. Shall we, shall we get started with our first Order of the Phoenix reading?
1: Let's ring the bell. It's time. It's time for the first Shrieking Shack dive into Order of the Phoenix.
2: This is Season 5, Chapter 1, Deadly Demented. Um, Harry is hiding out under the kitchen window at the Dursleys' house, and he's trying to listen in uh, to the the evening news. Um, and, and we get a kind of snapshot of, of what he's been thinking about, uh, which is mostly worrying and, and having kind of a cyclical worry every day over the summer about... Uh, Voldemort being back and causing causing death and destruction and and ending up on the muggle news. So so he keeps kind of trying to listen, listen in. um, And we get uh, some scenes from the news and Harry being kind of slowly relieved because there's no there's no no Voldemort content on there Um, but while he's hiding out and as the news report is kind of wrapping up Harry is startled by what sounds like someone apparating nearby so he gets very startled he stands up he knocks his head on the window um, alerting uh, Vernon and Petunia that he's out there Vernon kind of reaches through and, and says you know what are you doing you didn't do magic did you um, we also find out uh, after like Harry is is kind of mad and is like I'm going to go on a walk and he's kind of ruminating to himself uh, about his his situation over the summer. He's been having bad dreams about Cedric uh, and about Voldemort and he's he's just kind of winding himself up because all the letters that he's been getting from Hermione and Ron uh, have been you know just kind of pleasantries and saying that that they can't really tell him anything uh, because the owls might be intercepted. Uh, so he's getting mad because everyone is included except for him, uh, and he's kind of just spiraling until he's like, I don't I don't know why Dumbledore has just like completely forgotten me. I was the one that had to see Voldemort rise. I was the one that saw Cedric get murdered, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Harry kind of walks up the street to investigate the, the sound uh, of what he thought was apparating. Um, all the while kind of having this, this personal melodrama, he, he does run into Dudley's gang, uh, and we find out that he's been even more of a bully than ever, uh, this summer, now that he's a bit older, because they're, they're 15 now uh and harry decides once once deadly kind of parts with his his buddies that he's going to try to pick a fight with deadly he's just so so angry so he starts insulting deadly um deadly eventually takes the bait and says uh like you're the one that has been having bad dreams and moaning in your sleep and they're kind of just uh uh, fighting um harry pulls his wand on deadly before he can do anything uh he feels a familiar feeling, and there are a couple of dementors uh here uh on the street and they they attack them. Harry does fight them off with a Patronus charm, uh, but Dudley has has been kind of attacked by one and and it almost gave him the Dementor's kiss, but he is okay. Um and then Mrs. Fig, who is the uh, muggle from from earlier books that Harry has had to go and and stay with sometimes while the the Dursleys are out appears and shockingly she she knows she knows all about the wizarding world and it turns out that she's a squib uh, Harry finds out that he has been watched this entire time but the wizard that was supposed to be watching him Madagas Fletcher um, was kind of off uh, I think like buying illegal cauldrons and so abandoned him uh, when the Dementors attacked uh mrs fig says okay we got to get you back to privet drive and so harry harry kind of sort of picks up deadly uh kind of puts him on his shoulder or whatever and and they try to make it back back to the dursley's house and that's the end of that first chapter
1: i am shocked at how much (laughs) i enjoyed our first reading of of order of the phoenix
2: yeah i Uh, was not expecting it honestly
1: no And who knows how long this will continue. I, 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 I doubt that this bears, I like like any, uh, you know, like, I I doubt, I I don't know if this carries forward throughout the whole book, but like, just as a first impression, especially compared to book four, which like, I, I went back and like read the first two chapters of goblet recently. And Mm i listened to just like a little bit of our discussion on that first episode and we were pretty down on goblet from the beginning like uh the frank chapter was all right but like like goblet has all that weird stuff with him being really mean for no reason like like to his friends and it just feels very disjointed this uh this chapter feels like a do-over almost this feels like a rewrite of the first chapter or i guess the second chapter of goblet of fire where we are introduced to harry there where he's he's just as moody and just as um uh kind of spiteful in a weird way but like i completely understand why i'm like i'm so bought into his character in this in this chapter
2: yeah uh, because he i mean a lot of there are a lot of similarities between this one and goblet of fire he he is Mad at Ron and Hermione, he's feeling kind of left out of whatever else is going on. He's feeling abandoned at the Dursleys. He's having, he's still having his like personal, me- like internal melodrama. um But this time, I almost want to say it reminds me more of Prisoner of Azkaban than it does Totally Fire Harry.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's like the his meanness and stuff in in the opening of Goblet just felt completely like 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 unreasonable and and um and not only that just like like it was coming from nowhere because you know his his scar was hurting but there was no indication at that point in the story especially that like any of his friends and and stuff would like take poorly to that right and there's just so much weird weird stuff with like you know him like we we always joke about it, but that thing about like, uh oh, Hermione would just tell me would just tell me that she's gonna look it up for me, and like Ron, <laughs> Ron would just try and reassure me. It's just like well, that. Okay, aren't isn't that good? Like those are your friends; they're there for you in in their own in their own ways. Here uh i for the first time in in any of these books even azkaban which i i love azkaban um and like really like his character there but this is the first time reading harry potter where i had a like personal uh uh like connection to like the way harry was being written Hmm. like this this so much to me feels like like my worst like depression spiral moments like like sure. this 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 has such a strong resonance with me like the like he, he his like increasingly irrational like assumptions that he's making about what's going on like like oh they're just they're just you know they're not telling me and they're having fun without me and 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 dumbledore's forgotten about me and and Sirius is an idiot and just like just like getting more and more uh uh convinced that like everyone's forgotten about him and like doesn't like him and doesn't care about all the cool things he's done because he's harry potter and you know like <laughs> that that is so relatable to me i was just like oh like i finally understand harry as a character here uh and like sympathize with him because i'm like and i'm like and like there's like this horrifying quality to it too or it's just, like where he just keeps going and keeps making it worse for himself um uh rather than just i don't know like going and taking a nap or something right like even his obsession with the news here is is funny because it's like i he feels he clearly feels like he's being like like responsible and like proactive here but like i feel like if if something you know if some new development had happened he'd know right like people would tell him uh you'd hear about it he doesn't need to like listen to the muggle news to get it right like
2: yeah. Yeah, I I I think that like a credit to to this is that, you know, it is one scene. We get a scene of him and he is being moody, he's being irrational and and but you get like from this snapshot it speaks to a wider story of what's happening to him here whereas I think like the Goblet of Fire scene was also a snapshot into something that didn't make sense right he was right. waking up from a bad dream but none of the like angst and the things that he was feeling tracked into any kind of wider story um, about his character whereas mm-hmm. here it's like I have such a a strong impression um, of him doing this every day right like and just like spiraling repeatedly every day and like okay time to check the news to see if anyone's died and getting madder and madder and madder to the point where he's like okay i'm gonna go pick a fight with deadly
1: right yeah and and also like here he's behaving here you know he we have a pattern of behavior that we're seeing in in this chapter that is directly related and even, and even he recognizes it to very real trauma that he now has, Mm -hmm. Um, which wasn't really a thing in goblet. Like I, I think the problem with goblet is that, you know, we, we remarked a whole bunch about how it was like suddenly trying to make this very whimsical story, very serious. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think the only way you can only do that transition gradually. The problem with goblet is that it starts off basically just with like an entirely different tone. And it's, behaving like the things that harry experienced throughout books one two and three have left him with real trauma and baggage which they would if they were real events and he was a real person but the way that books one two and three are written even three which is you know is a very personal story like everything's okay at the end right
0: yeah uh, uh
1: you know they, they close the, they close the book on it everything's fine the problem is solved um whereas book four ends with a very very powerfully traumatic event for harry that isn't resolved um and and like now we have a reason for him we're not not a, a reason is the wrong word but like we have something in in harry's character um that would uh make him act differently you know like 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 he is growing up and he is being shaped by his experiences now and like that that's the first time that this like tone shift has clicked for me i
0: think
2: yeah yeah i think so it's it's funny because i think that like moody harry and and more real harry here was the thing i was dreading about this book just because it's so often is the fastest thing that's criticized that, that yeah. people think harry is just like kind of miserable throughout and i it if i can maintain feeling this way about like if it if it keeps up being written so well honestly like i i think this is a very well written scene yeah i think this book could be great my fear my my worry about it going forward is that it's like he, he it's just going to become tiresome right like if he's, not, he's, not he's not he's not going to learn he's not going to grow or change or uh or have it matter in any way um but i guess we'll see
1: yeah yeah i'm i'm so curious to see what it's like moving forward there's also, you know, there's there's the aspect of this chapter that feels like just a like better version of the Goblet of Fire chapter. The other thing that I love about this is that this also feels like a more muted and depressing and and darker version of the first the original um, books uh, first Dursley chapter. There's there there are some little things here that connect back that I think are really cute, like the the fact that the news segment ends with another like human interest story about birds mm-hmm. uh which is how which is how we learned about the owls in the beginning of sorcerer's stone there's just there's little things like that that i think are great um the uh um the the way that like harry is now back talking vernon again in a way you know like, he has some good zingers in this uh um that really feel like the jokes from the first book but now he has like actual consequences to face for them and stuff it's there's some there's some really cool little moments here that just kind of make it feel like the first chapter again but like through a mirror darkly kind of you know
2: yeah um I like that Dudley is more of a character here too.
1: Yeah, it's like interesting to me good.
2: that Vernon and Petunia kind of stay cartoons, although arguably Petunia doesn't in the next chapter, which we'll get to. Um, mm-hmm. But I really, I really like this Dudley Harry scene, and I had completely forgotten about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the not just the the scene itself, but like before the scene where he's thinking about Dudley um mm-hmm. there's some really powerful stuff in here there's there's that line about how he you know he wanted to jinx dudley so hard he had to would have to crawl home like a bug uh with feelers it's just, like so vivid and gross and like ugly yeah uh there's some really good writing in here but yeah yeah let's talk about this dudley scene
2: yeah um i mean it's dudley's a bully now i mean he always mm-hmm. was but he he was i mean i i feel like um i i know i feel like sorcerer's stone was a million years ago um, oh yeah and and i feel like i i maybe i maybe even get a do-over in talking about the dursley stuff now which is that i i think that kind of when we talked about the dursley stuff not mattering or not being traumatic i i mean like i mean it in a um they are cartoons um yes and in the way that they are utilized in a children's book storytelling tradition yes. way that they, they they're inconsequential. So um at this point is when deadly turns from a cartoon roll doll type bully into a real bully, I suppose. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, like, like he's beating up kids now and like, uh, like has a gang and stuff right like like has a gang nickname like he's he's become like a like a real playground bully, um as opposed to just like he was just sort of like a, a, a like a goofy villain i guess like he was he was very one note he he was selfish and and fat right and that was his whole thing but like now he is like big and strong and and kind of angry for some unknown reason and picks on people and has a back and forth with harry which has never really happened before um he's just sort of like avoided harry or like ignored him completely and now they're almost talking to each other like as not as equals because they're certainly not you know like friends or, or anything but they're they are they are like evenly matched uh with like the ammunition they have on each other right mm-hmm.
2: yeah and and also like some of that like Dudley is still scared of magic but in a much more like realistic way and it isn't being played as a joke anymore to make mm-hmm. him have a huge tongue or or a pigtail or whatever right like he is becoming like more aware that Harry is like a a, a threat to him um yes but I do I do like the scene. I kind of have nothing but but kind of good things to say about this. I also feel like all of the writing is a lot tighter. Like I it's great. I, I, I I don't know what happened. I don't know if Goblet just wasn't edited very well. <laughs> I mean m- m-
1: like who knows who knows what's coming up, but like j- just like coming off of the like Voldemort and Moody and Dumbledore monologues from the last book, Fuck. like you can tell there was a change here because dudley would have gotten the monologue here if if it was written in the same you know atmosphere as goblet was right he would have this whole thing like ah i am the boxing champion now and as the boxing champion (laughs) i must punch harry potter i have punched uh, every week i go i go to the playground and punch a different tenure like he would just have this whole long spiel um and he doesn't here. he talks like a normal person uh and it's great it's just such a uh like i say unexpected because i haven't read this book in a long time but like obviously people who are more familiar with the book you know know it really well but like i was just not i i did not remember that harry and dudley like ever actually talked to each other right um and also like the the thing that makes it interesting like his bullying of harry is also very very low level um and like realistic teen but like like the first thing he does is like you know like who's cedric your boyfriend just like 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 average homophobic teen bullshit you know which yeah is so in care or like i guess i guess it's only in character because this this is the first time we've really met dudley as a real character but like it paints such a picture of like a shitty teen right like like it it it, it fits him
2: it's too bad that jk rowling kind of went a little bit crazy because she sure <laughs> writes the um the like ordinary conservative suburban family really well
1: yeah oh my god that whole thing where they're watching the news and there's the thing about the um the baggage workers strike and vernon's Mm -hmm. just like give them all a permanent vacation and it's just like that (laughs) that is so perfect we need to talk about vernon in this he's he vernon i've missed vernon it's been so long since we've read a vernon chapter uh and he's, he's he is the fucking worst and he is so much fun to read.
2: He's so fun to read and and it's I I don't know what happened in Goblet. I need to stop I need to stop having that be my refrain, but I just remember in Goblet he was like a cartoon fat man, like it was like haha, he's as big as a walrus and that was the joke. The jokes here are much better.
1: <laughs> well, well also the other thing, remember with Goblet uh the scenes with Vernon were weird because not on purpose they they ended up accidentally framing him as kind of a victim like yes! like there was there were those weird scenes where it's just like i don't think i'm supposed to but i almost feel sorry for vernon here like arthur just blew up his house and like tortured his kid like his son shitty sons tortured his kid with magic like i feel kind of bad for vernon here um but now he's back to being this like gnashing horrible like like stereotypical uh like loudmouth conservative guy but he's just so much fun to read he has so many good his language is very funny he's still like uh like over articulate uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like like very interesting word choices um he sets harry up for so many good one-liners too like the <laughs> that thing about like the like oh why are you watching the news every day and harry just gets to respond well it changes every day you see it's just so <laughs> good like it, it 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 provides a fun um anchor i guess at the beginning uh to the rest of like the more angsty stuff and that like everything else in the world is changing and like harry's world is is rapidly rapidly changing but like the dursleys still suck right and like like that, that's the one constant is that vernon is still a cartoon man and that's really funny
2: yeah they they suck and 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 just are going to suck forever <laughs>
1: right exactly yeah they, they 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 are unmoving they're they're the they're the immovable objects uh uh in harry's otherwise like completely turbulent world like it's it's just it's i was so just i was like cause it's it's funny because it's like it's not a happy chapter at all it's quite quite grim and and like like moving in some ways but like i was just kind of grinning reading this going like yeah i do like harry potter like this is good i was just like having a good time reading this
2: me too and that's not what i expected from the beginning of order of the phoenix
1: no absolutely not uh do we have anything else for this chapter i don't think so yeah let's move on to, to the second chapter here
2: okay it's called chapter two a peck of owls um mundungus fletcher finally appears i, I think he operates in and, and mrs fig just starts yelling at him like you know how dare you abandon harry i you know dementors attacked i couldn't do anything i'm a squib um and so Mundungus is like i have to go tell dumbledore that something happened get him back to to privet drive and have him not leave um So Harry Harry does arrive with Deadly, who is still like pretty out of it. He is not passed out like he's walking on his own, but he's kind of being dragged, dragged in. Um, He's not really responding to anything. Uh, And and they they get there. Uh, Petunia and Vernon come to the door and are like, oh, where were you? Uh, And they kind of start to realize that there's something wrong with Deadly. Uh, But then an owl arrives uh, and it's from the Ministry of Magic saying harry potter is expelled from hogwarts for for using magic uh and his wand will be destroyed shortly um so harry resolves to run he's like i'm not gonna let that happen so i have to leave um vernon kind of stops him and says you know what happened to Dudley? what did you do uh harry threatens vernon with his wand um but there's another Sound and another owl, and this time it's from Arthur Weasley with a letter that says that that Dumbledore uh, is at the Ministry sorting it out. Don't leave Privet Drive. Um, Dudley at that point uh, has kind of gained gained a little bit of his uh, his his wits back, and when when Vernon and Petunia are kind of asking him what happened, Dudley points at Harry and says he he did something to me. Uh, Vernon uh, kind of asks about it and Harry says it wasn't me um it was it was Dementors and Vernon doesn't really understand he doesn't know what's going on but it's at that point that Petunia jumps in and we get the reveal that Petunia knows what Dementors are because she kind of jumps in and says they guard the wizard prison and then is immediately horrified like can't believe she said that Uh, when Vernon asks her to clarify and is is like also freaked out um uh, Petunia says that she overheard quote that awful boy telling lily about them um, another owl appears from the ministry saying uh, never mind we're not going to expel you right away or destroying your wand right away but we will be uh conducting a hearing uh to see if you will be expelled later on um harry's resolved to stay he's like okay i, I guess i will um, he explains the dementor's kiss to vernon kind of explains that that it was him that saved Dudley um there is a final owl that arrives it's from sirius and it's just very short it says do not leave and it makes harry angry again no one's telling him anything they're just kind of jerking him around um uh harry then explains to vernon that voldemort is back and is likely sending dementors after him because he's back back to life uh again vernon kind of has that like a slow realization he's like Voldemort's the one that kills your parents so they're trying to kill you okay I'm kicking you out because if this guy's after you I'm not gonna have have him threatening my family um and then the final owl appears and it has a howler but the owl is for uh, the howler is for Petunia uh and all it says is remember my last Petunia uh and Petunia tells Vernon that Harry has to stay and that's the end of the chapter
1: this is another good one yeah Yep. Uh uh I honestly almost just like consider these like the one chapter basically like yeah. like this is one story being told. Yep. Um uh this confrontation between Harry and Petunia and Vernon is so good. Uh yeah. this is like so much stuff bubbling to the story. So like this is the other thing too. Like the Dursleys are still cartoon characters but like this uh scene with harry and them like talking to each other is such a good payoff for the previous four books of even even as silly as they could be and like as as unthreatening and like as unfazed as harry seemed in those like less traumatic books this is such a good like bubbling over of like the bullying he's sustained for so long mm-hmm. uh uh it, it's it this is like again much like the 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 first chapter this is the way to do a tonal shift i think like this is acknowledging uh and and working with previous material and just like like adapting it in a you know developing it in a different way um I i love this
2: yeah does harry read like an adult to you in this chapter
1: um <sighs> I think his dialogue does but I think his dialogue always has. I feel like his anger at not knowing what's going on and being told what to do still feels very teenage to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um uh especially when he is like um <laughs> I can't remember if it's in this chapter or the previous chapter but in one of them he like has this whole thing about like oh sirius is telling me that that uh i should stay here even though he would not do that he would go (laughs) and have an adventure like like that that reads as very like spiteful teen right that's like 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 you can't tell me what to do you don't even do that right like
2: um, yeah yeah. did you
1: did you feel like he felt more adult here
2: he felt very adult to me in his conversation with vernon i suppose so i i think that that is the dialogue probably yeah but that, his that
1: dialogue is just... yeah absolutely he he definitely has like the the wit and like um like speed of i, I don't know like the the even way he is responding to vernon is definitely very like adult seeming
2: yeah I, I i do i guess it has like a few different readings that i do like which is that it makes vernon seem like a child
1: <laughs> that yeah yeah, yeah. That, Vern, that he yeah like he a... is
2: equal to this 15 year old this angry 15 year old in his house
1: <laughs> right yeah yeah I, I hadn't thought of it that way that actually makes a lot of sense huh yeah or like or like you know this is a real person talking to a cartoon man uh yes. as well right like um I, I just, like, I, there. there is one thing. There's only one thing I have negative to say about this chapter, and it's not even actually negative, I mm. think. This is, this is more of a, like, uh, a, cl- a classic Pokemon style, if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense thing. <laughs> but I want a version of this chapter uh, where we get to see what everyone is doing writing these letters very quickly to Harry. Like... <laughs> this 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 quick succession of letters that acknowledge the the previous letter coming in like like quick succession is so funny i'm just imagining like okay so the the mafalda hopkirk sends one uh arthur weasley sees mafalda at her desk runs to his desk and writes this letter very quickly and gives it to the fastest owl in the world that follows that owl to like i just i really want to know the the behind the scenes uh 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 uh, like process here
2: the more i think about this the more i am feeling like this is like in some ways this feels like the or dursley chapter because there are so many parts of it that feel like callbacks or redos of previous books like this does feel like in some ways a redo of book four but in that way like these like the owls being Mm. so like comically like it doesn't it doesn't make sense it is from this fantastical world it's very sorcerer's stone to me
1: yes yeah or just the the fact that like vernon is is being bombarded with owls feels very much like the that the great stuff in sorcerer's stone with with him trying to like board up the doors and stuff right Mm -hmm. like this is vernon having completely lost control Hmm. like he he can't he can't do that anymore he can't block the doors like like the 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 owls harry is like immersed enough in the magical world now that like he can't hide it from him um and like that's that's very funny i think the howler this (laughs) thing that the thing that this thing that dumbledore sends i i i I really want to talk about petunia here because i was um i was shocked i completely forgot that this was the book where this happens for some reason i associated this with book six Mm um the the whole thing with Petunia culminating with the howler uh, came completely out of left field for me here. And I think it's so good. Um, her shutting down this argument, not because she's like uh, defending Harry, but because just because she knows something that is true and like is able to confirm it is such a weird, like wrench in the works for how you think this, this story is going to go. I just, I don't know. I really love this scene
2: yeah I think that Harry even remarks about it in his own internal monologue. Maybe I made that up about how his 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 two lives are colliding, right? Yes, like they aren't different. Um, and i that feels like such a strong thesis of these two chapters that is so it's so visceral and and fun to read and feel sinister and like atmospheric and and fun in a way that i didn't expect
1: yeah uh but did, so did you catch the thing with the 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 thing with her saying like oh i heard her talking about it with that awful boy mm-hmm. i realized that's not that's not james it's snape right yeah yeah yep. i i i never put that together in all my time like reading this i'd always assumed oh that would be james but uh i, I guess it would make more sense that it's snape because they were all friends as kids um so that was pretty cool. Uh the Remember My Last Howler scene is really cool. Um although I'm trying to remember here is that actually like correct in the story what is is the last letter that Dumbledore gave Petunia, the one that was left with him on the doorstop I thought there was one I thought they got sent a letter about the car in book 2. Or I, I don't know.
2: Compl- I don't know what it means. Um all it reminded me of is uh the stupid snitch clue from later. <laughs> I'm like, Dumbledore, oh, can you no. stop can you stop talking like this? Because that's all it Dumbledore. reminded me of. Yeah, Dumbledore, can we can
1: you stop talking like this? I think it, it's it's it is a very cool it's a cool phrase, right? Yes. Um, it it definitely is more cryptic than it needs to be, but it it works well as a scene, right? Like like
2: Yeah, I'm still a little bit like your last what, Dumbledore. <laughs>
1: letter i'm assuming i think that's what it means uh because because harry was left with a letter on the door which we never see in sorcerer's stone like we that letter is never opened in front of us in that book i i I think if i'm remembering correctly i I, assume assume... dumbledore
2: is going to explicitly tell us by the end of this book what that meant
1: (laughs) yeah so okay we've gotten all of our praise out we have we we have so much good stuff to say about this chapter. So we need to go in on something. I'm going to go in on Dumbledore here, um, <laughs> and 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 maybe talk a little bit too about like Mundungus and Mrs. Fig, who I do like. But the the weakest thing here is that this this is a follow up to Goblet of Fire, and it has to acknowledge and work with the fact that Dumbledore is now M from James
2: Bond. Oh hell yeah! Right? That makes like, Mundungus James Bond. <laughs> is mundungus fletcher james bond yep i hate to say it but oh no
1: oh who plays who plays mundungus fletcher in the movies is it, is it daniel craig There, i'm I, just imagining oh uh,
2: yeah it's daniel craig uh and then we get a scene where where daniel craig goes back to dumbledore and dumbledore's like "Dad, you left your post james you can't keep doing this <laughs> And then, You're a loose cannon,
1: and then Voldemort kidnaps Mundungus Fletcher and ties him to a chair no! and out of the box.
2: No, <laughs> but Mundungus Fletcher plays a mean poker game. Oh, he probably yeah, does. Absolutely,
1: he probably yeah. So, so there, there, there are some other callbacks in the Mundungus stuff that I that I that I do like. One him going for a deal on illegal cauldrons is very cute because the illegal cauldron or like the cauldron safety act or whatever is what percy was working on in goblet that's cute
2: yes it is um
1: mrs fig actually being an important character in the story i think is also quite good like that's that's a fun reveal um the idea though that dumbledore is just like running this like intense spy network is very funny to me and like I think it's wallpapered over a little bit for me just by the fact that like, okay, his, his crack agents in this situation are Mrs. Fig and Mundungus Fletcher. Like, like the, them being the characters you're interacting with in, in this situation makes it better. I think. Cause like, like Mrs. Fig is a squib. And so like, she, you know, she's obviously like at a disadvantage in the wizarding world stuff. Mundungus is a con man. And like, you know doesn't really care and so like the plan is a little flimsy that i like um although then then also has this problem of like okay dumbledore is the smartest man in the fucking world apparently he is he is winston churchill m from james bond uh and his his gandalf and his grand plan to keep harry safe over the summer when voldemort's back uh, is to have uh, a um a man who looks like a human garbage can and a witch <laughs> who can't do any magic watch him, which is seems I don't know. I feel like he might have better agents he could he could uh, have have out in the field for this one, I think,
2: yeah, I feel like he also could have told Harry not to leave the house. I know Harry would have been mad about it and maybe would have done it anyway, but we are about to find out that like the house is what has protection. Yes. why is he just walking yeah. up the street?
1: surely dumbledore could have told harry like handed handed harry a, a, a birdie bots every flavor bean or a or a, or a lemon drop and said harry you gotta stay inside the house well i'll i'll buy you i don't know his friends on vhs yet i'll buy you all the seasons <laughs> of friends on vhs that'll last you a whole summer i'll buy you i'll buy you a playstation just stay inside like like that that surely would have been a better ending to goblet of fire right like harry i'm buying you spyro you gotta stay inside Buying you spyro metal gear solid uh or, or do, would you prefer the, the, the nintendo 64 you know the nintendo 64 i think has fewer games but the better games on it are better than anything on the playstation probably it's yoshi's kind of
2: story a is not gonna last him that long
1: it's like a 10 hour quality. game. <laughs> 10 hours man, 10 hours feels long for yoshi's story i guess i'd like Ten hours to get like the black and white Yoshi's. Yeah, sure. I was saying
2: like completionist. You you get everything in Yoshi's story.
1: I don't like playing Yoshi's story, Harry, because <laughs> when, you, when you die, uh, when when you when you lose, the 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 shy guys come and they take that Yoshi to the like spooky tower. Mm, you, it's just really gotta, scary. you just got you just got to
2: run and turn your N sixty four off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's really. Um, r- did you catch? What priceless magical artifact Mundungus Fletcher, a.k.a. Daniel Craig, has in this chapter. Speaking of insane plans.
1: Oh, he has an invisibility cloak.
2: Yes, some, that's yes. just something, huh? That's
1: just something, so, God. Ugh, ugh, ugh. The, 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 the more we read, the less and less planned out the Deathly Hallows shit. There are so uh, many seems, invisibility
2: huh? cloaks running around.
1: Yeah, so Ron knows what they are. Barty Crouch Jr. had one. Mundungus has one. It's almost like the Deathly Hallows were completely pulled out of J.K. Rowling's ass at the last second.
2: That's shocking.
1: That's I am stunned. I'm shocked. But yeah, I I, I do really like Mundungus and I like Mrs. Fig. I, I particularly like um. there's a the very silly, very silly line that didn't need to be there, but I really appreciate being there. About how she's very sorry that she gave him such a horrible time whenever he came to visit in the first book, but she couldn't let him have any fun, otherwise the <laughs> Dursleys wouldn't let him go, which is just, you did not need to address that, like, you could have just had her, like, like be very eccentric and like like she did think that harry was having a good time or whatever but no she's she needs to be fully self-aware and not only is she self-aware she's actively trying to make harry have a horrible time as a child
2: are you kidding me if that wasn't addressed in this book there would be at least 100 threads about it on the reddit discussion week (laughs) like (laughs) you're right like did did anyone else know like why why did miss miss fig torture harry when he had to go over as a small abused child
1: or like, yeah, and and also, it's a good thing that she directly addressed that she's a squib, so no one's saying like, "What a, do you, Dae wonder if uh Mrs. Fig is a maledictus?" Uh, what if all she's what she, all if, she did what,
2: was show him pictures of her cats? Like, yeah, she served him. She's tea. showing him pictures
1: of the cats she's turning into.
2: She's oh shit.
1: She's okay. Hang on, I got another one for you here, mm. Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Fig. Oh no. <laughs> both misses. She just changes her name when she's a
2: cat. That's outrageous. Right? I don't know I don't know what it means, but
1: <laughs> JK's done it again. But
2: she's done it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I that that stuff's very cute. Um mundungus fletcher i forgot that he's like a major character in the in these books
2: yeah i'm like, really i'm really glad we made him sexy
1: did they no, oh we, we did we, we did he's we, daniel craig he's now daniel craig i was like now. i was having this moment i was like i've forgotten the movie oh, did they make mundungus fletcher sexy <laughs>
2: oh you didn't notice that he was really sexy in this
1: uh, i don't i don't remember him at all <laughs> uh, is he in the movies Hold on, i'm looking this up mundungus fletcher dungus fletcher uh i accidentally typed in M- M- mundin mundonga i did not spell Mundungus right dungus <laughs> fletcher he is not very sexy i have to say wait hang on a second well hmm okay i'm gonna we're doing this live here
2: oh no here,
1: they've... <laughs> okay i'm dming this to you i hope your phone's nearby uh live podcasting here uh okay sending you a picture of the, the picture they have from mundongas fletcher on the uh wiki which i'm assuming is his actor headshot and not actually what he looks like in the movie not really what i was picturing at all though here
2: oh i'm i'm he's intrigued. a little sexy
1: he's, he's a, a little he's, bit he's,
2: sexy
1: he's, he's smoldering a little bit yeah he's got that he's got that like yeah I don't think that's what he looks like in the movie, but, but, but there you go. They did make Mundungus Fletcher a little sexy.
2: Like I said, good thing they made him sexy. Yeah,
1: I feel I still prefer our. I th- I think Daniel Craig he might be better. Busy.
2: I think Daniel Craig was probably filming. Um, uh, that scene layer they put him on the yeah he was filming layer cake um where he has to sit on the chair with the hole cut in the bottom
1: (laughs) yeah weird that that happens in every movie he's in
2: in (laughs) (laughs)
0: i'll
1: do this movie but you have to whip my balls
2: good for him (laughs) good for him hey yeah yeah
1: if you can can get it go for it live
2: your truth um
1: yeah live it yeah (laughs) god so yeah uh this is a a a good a good fun chapter i'm hmm, i i am very curious as we move forward through this book and and even just like into the next chapter like the 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 fact that like ron and hermione are like also kind of in on this like this whole like
2: why are they in on it
1: are like are are they? I'm am yeah, very... They're at,
2: they're at Grimald Place and I understand that Ron's right. parents are in the Order of the Phoenix or whatever, but it seems really weird to me that like the adults decided like we should bring Hermione in on this too.
1: <laughs> Why? <laughs> she, look, she found out that Rita Skeeter was a bug. Uh so, you know, actually that's the other thing is the daily prophet mentioned at all the that, uh that the famous reporter that writes for them sometimes was uh kidnapped by a by a 15 year old is that has that come up yet or i wonder was if Harry she's only free yet i know mutinies? that i
2: know that like she frees her but then like continues to control her with blackmail right
1: yeah that's
2: pretty serious that's some serious stuff i also think it's funny
1: it's
2: it's funny that the fourth book also went out of its way to point out how serious blackmail is like we we actually had a scene where the characters talked about how serious it was relating to fred and george
1: that's right yeah yeah that was (laughs) i didn't even pick up on that but yeah you're right They, they they kind of like sew the the uh The like seeds where you like you know think about what what blackmail means like within the context of the story with those those uh those fred and george scenes but like hermione i guess it's just cool because she's because she's smart and figured it out and so she gets to torture someone uh very cool but yeah hermione and ron being in on it and like like not really this is the part that um i'll be curious to see how they handle because you know i was saying like how relatable harry was in these opening scenes the thing that i'm worried about here is the thing that makes this so strong for me is that it feels so close to a real irrational downward spiral thing right Mm -hmm. but if the answer is that, like oh no these characters were avoiding you um because because the plot demanded it i i worry that's going to kind of um defang it a little bit because i think it works so much better as like you know harry reading way too much into things and like like if he gets i would like it i would love it if he got the wrong on placements like why were your letters so like light on information or whatever and Ron just being like what the fuck are you talking about dude i just like sent you a dumb letter like like what do you like what do you mean i feel like that would work so much better as just like a character moment for like harry growing up and like being depressed and and like having this trauma to work through that's like permeating into his personal life and stuff and like affecting him negatively rather than it being like oh yeah no we were all avoiding you because of magic reasons right like
2: i mean i don't they're avoiding him. I, I mean, I, I guess I remember well enough to say that the real answer is that they were told by Dumbledore not to include any details in their letters.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, I think like, that their letters were being screened or whatever by basically by the yeah. Order, or like, here's what you can say to him. um But I don't even know if he's so upset with them as much. I, I guess I would have to go back, but but he's he's upset that he's not with them right which is much more of like a he's mad at dumbledore and i think that that's like the the big conflict of the conflict that i am both looking forward to and also very scared of getting very bad because it's like dumbledore is going to spend this entire book not even making eye contact with harry and harry's going to progressively get angrier and angrier um and and misinterpret that as dumbledore like deciding he's not to be trusted or something when really it's because he has a psychic connection to volamort right like that right. that yeah. is the his arc in this book um
1: yeah
2: i don't know how that's gonna play out
1: yeah that's super it, it, it it's such a it's <laughs> this book is gonna be like on a razor's edge the whole time as we're reading it i think it's gonna be like is it going to completely nail this stuff because it's it has such potential right like it's such a good it's the kind of story i like that's like very internal and like very character driven um mm-hmm. but if it if it just like spins its wheels the entire time it's going to be so boring um but i'm really hoping that it's going to it's going to fall on the other side and, and be be like just kind of like a compelling character piece right like
2: yeah the thing that i i guess like you bringing up uh ron and hermione and acting weird to him is i guess my my worry or something that i am concerned about is that they're not going to have anything to do again like they just really don't have much of a reason to exist in the story because I, I think that I, so that was ron, true of goblet of fire
1: yeah well ron ron does quidditch this year right and that's maybe
2: next i'm starting to second guess myself because i know quidditch gets canceled by umbridge
1: oh that's right no quidditch for two books in a row would be real nice i have to say
2: really nice
1: um god but then when they when they have to explain the rules again when they finally get there that's Hmm. gonna be
2: can you imagine (laughs) i can imagine (laughs) i sure can
1: (laughs) (laughs) just imagine ron weasley Explaining Quidditch to you,
0: ah,
2: ah, I love that,
1: love it. So yeah, um, great reading. I, I like. I have my doubts moving forward of to like how how much it's going to like maintain this level of quality. I'm almost positive it won't, but like for now, I'm really riding high on these on these chapters. I think they're fantastic.
2: Hey, if the editing is at least this good for the rest of the book, that reads extremely well
1: yeah there's like not a okay like i maybe maybe jk and her editor this time like made a pact like they made a compromise the editor was like look i'm going to edit all of your dialogue down to the bare necessities you can still put ellipsis after everything
2: that's a good compromise i'll take it good compromise
1: yeah she's still putting ellipsis everywhere that's fine that's a stylistic choice that's very jk rowling that's still present here but like mercifully the awful 10 page monologues are gone
2: so far I'm trying to think if I can remember any monologues, but, but so far I think we're good. Oh,
1: I hope Snape gets one. If anyone in this book deserves a monologue, it's Snape.
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Well, I think, unless there's anything else to bring up in this chapter, I think it's time for us to take a little break. And when we come back, it'll be story time. Sounds great. back hello it is story time
2: this is my new favorite thing
1: so we have discovered uh if you are not listening to the bonus episodes which i highly recommend by the way patreon.com slash streetcast uh we have discovered a, a brave new world of a fiction genre called imagines hmm. um now these uh I thought they started on Tumblr. They might just be a Wattpad thing, but basically they're just like these short little writing prompts. Uh where you just kind of write a quick thing, but like imagine if you were Junkrat. Uh or you're hanging out with <laughs> Junkrat or something. It's not uh, like
2: imagine if you were Junkrat.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. It's imagine imagine if Junkrat was sad and you were hanging out with Junkrat. Um uh, but they're they're they're, they're
2: Imagine you were junk rat. (laughs) What would that be like?
1: Oh, pretty good, probably. Right? Like he seems to be having
2: a good time for the most part.
1: Yeah, he seems pretty happy. Uh, Yeah, but I would imagine I'm I'm going to imagine being (laughs) junk rat would be pretty good. Actually,
2: I'm I'm very curious. You know, I've been kind of like these these store the story format has been in kind of my periphery for a long time. I always kind of thought like they seem very related to like confessions to me but probably only because they have like similar tumblr formatting but Mm -hmm. i didn't quite realize how formalized they were
1: yeah they're they're quite a thing if you if you search like imagine blank like like insert franchise you like on wattpad or i'm assuming pretty much anywhere that like hosts a lot of like fan content you you find these things and they're like they're compilations sometimes by one author and sometimes by like multiple contributors and some of them are like one sentence and some of them are like a paragraph and some of them are like huge long stories but like they're all collected in like thematic collections usually like here's the angst imagines here's the sexy imagines here's the friendship ones like you can find them for basically anything uh i have a couple of harry potter ones here that are very powerful um if you would like to hear some examples of of imagines
2: please i can i cannot get enough of these i do wonder if we are aging ourselves here this feels like a like a like any like younger people that are maybe involved in fandom are like yeah duh imagines (laughs) everybody knows knows these
1: yeah probably probably but hey we're we're embracing it, and we're embracing the late yes, 20s I love lifestyle. Yeah, these are
2: these are like popcorn to me. I just They're like great. I can't just have one.
1: All right, this one is called Dobby.
2: Thank God!
1: Imagine being the son slash daughter of Lucius and Narcissa Malfoy, and growing I got, up. I
2: thought you were going to say son of Dobby. I was so scared. <laughs>
1: Imagine Dobby was your father. No! We, see, we're writing the fiction right now. It, it can be as short as you like. There there it is. <laughs> There's the new story. Imagine being the son/daughter of Lucius and Narcissa Malfoy and growing up with Draco in Malfoy Manor. When you're oh. the age of 6, your brother goes away to school and you feel alone. You become best friends with a house elf named Dobby. You decide to give him one of your t-shirts because every elf deserves to be free. He visits you frequently until the day he dies. <laughs>
2: dobby (laughs) there's a
1: comment on here there's a top comment here which is and this will still make this will make it even more sad but i would visit his grave on a regular basis
2: (laughs) here lies dobby i just had this weird realization because this is like kind of i mean this is obviously like an alternate universe right like draco has a brother or sister um and it's me and I'm friends with Dobby I freed Dobby yeah from the Malfoys so that's like a world where maybe Harry doesn't exist or Voldemort doesn't or something yeah um and Dobby dies peacefully of old age and then I go and visit his grave and what I didn't realize about myself that I think like implicitly I think of house elves as ageless like it's like they can die but I just feel like they would live forever if not stabbed with a knife as Dobby right.
1: was <laughs> right well they're like they're like little elves right like i guess creature looks old but that's more of just like a role dolly like well he's ugly because he's mean thing right true. like true
2: yeah I've, I've
1: never really considered him just like oh an old man like I, yeah. I don't really like consider dobby's age dobby's just kind of dobby dobby is constant uh a constant I, force i know in we've talked
2: about dobby and like how old dobby is Uh, but it's something that i do like to revisit a lot
1: yeah this one's called quidditch Mm. Uh, imagine ron teaching you the rules of quidditch so you could go watch him play no thanks (laughs) i love this one (laughs) this one's great there's so much implied here like why is he like couldn't it be that like he's teaching you quidditch so you could play it why does it have to be so you can watch him play it
2: yeah i'm just gonna pass on that thanks though <laughs> thanks ron but no thanks, thanks thank you ron
1: <laughs> thank you ron but uh but i think i am good on the quidditch rules uh this one's called neville imagine neville being your herbology tutor and you dare him to steal some of Snape's supplies
2: i would neither, never do this to snape
1: neither of you get caught but are too scared to do it again
2: that's not a lot of these are very um tame yeah
1: a little tame this one this one might might knock you over a little Again, bit gonna
2: hit me with something a little spicier this one's
1: I, spice isn't the right word for this one i guess hmm. this this one this one is just kind of it, it's there imagine being george's girlfriend one day fred sits next to you in the great hall and gives you a speech about not breaking george's heart or else you'll have to deal with him you promise to never hurt him when you see fred's body after the battle of hogwarts you walk over to him and whisper i'll keep my promise
2: forever what the fuck no that's very inappropriate
1: it's a little weird i don't like that
2: i don't like that one that one gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit I like lean down to his his dying body and He's say, dead. "Like that was very that was very inappropriate. I don't really appreciate you butting into our business. But I thank you very that. much.
1: Also, making your death about me. Also." <laughs> like- <laughs> uh imagine going to hogwarts with the marauders one day you're walking through the castle and you see a dog you start stroking it and it begins to lick your face james potter ah! walks over and says to the dog that's enough serious <laughs> then to your horror the dog transforms into serious black sorry i couldn't help myself he laughs kissing your cheek that's horrible i hate that
2: i think that that, while i dislike that and i dislike imagining it i think that that really demonstrates the power of these imagines which is in everything that is implied by them that is left unsaid (laughs) this is like a masterful you know like you'd never show the monster
1: (laughs) sorry this i I had not read this one ahead of time (laughs) and this one just knocked me on my ass imagine <laughs> bellatrix killing your parents and making you watch <laughs> then years later you get to watch molly weasley kill bellatrix during the battle of Hogwarts. okay <laughs> just a no. little a little extra i think
2: wow i don't,
1: I don't like that <laughs> imagine you're dating neville longbottom when you're invited to be part of the slug club you can invite (laughs) neville to the christmas party what's
2: that mean
1: the the slughorns club not not a gross thing uh you you can invite neville to the christmas party but thought it would be funnier to watch him serve you food you split up a few weeks later
2: (laughs) what's the fantasy there I don't I'm just being, being breaking up with Neville Longbottom. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would, but
1: <laughs> Oh my god.
2: These are so they're just tantalizing. I love these.
1: They're very special. Well, those are the appetizer. Those that was that was the hors d'oeuvres of this sure. of this uh very special story segment. Uh I paid real actual honest to god money for a book called imagines bffs um which is a a book uh anthology uh a a collection of stories written by authors who uh originally published stuff on wattpad Mm -hmm. um and this is a, a collection of stories about becoming friends with some of your favorite celebrities
2: i love celebs
1: everyone loves (laughs) loves celebs um so this is quite long but we need to read most of it because it needs to build i'm going to skip ahead a little bit to kind of like a third of the way through the premise here is that you work at a fast food joint uh uh called utopia they could not think of a better name for a fast food place um and and you you are on the late shift, and the mm. weird customers are coming in. Uh oh. So I'm painting i I'm painting an imagine of this imagine for you.
2: Great. So yeah, I'm getting s- me up to speed.
1: So I'm going to start off here, and we're just going to roll. Mm-hmm. As the hours descended into the very early morning, the type of customers evolved from the occasional night owl to groups of partygoers in need of some greasy food before they crashed. Mm. However. This evening was unique in that numerous clusters of them came dressed in peculiar outfits. And by peculiar, you meant kinky with a capital K. One (laughs) young... (laughs) The capital K. (laughs) One young chap was dressed in leather pants and had on nipple clamps and a police hat. Morning, he greeted when he reached the cash register. Hi there. You tried not to laugh, but it was just so hard. Fun night out? Oh yes, he leaned in close sex themed party he explained as if that weren't obvious (sighs) that is that radiates such powerful normie energy uh uh sex themed party that thing we all know and love uh that thing that's real is i'm going the, the theme of sex that my party has
2: I don't think they let you go into a fast food joint just wearing nipple clamps that I I don't know for sure. I know they're like, you have to wear a shirt and I don't I don't think nipple clamps count.
1: I don't think that's a shirt.
2: Also. Never mind, I'm just going to go with it. They were at a sex themed party. It all makes sense.
1: Uh, You stared briefly at his nipple clamps, questioning his decision very much. Mm -hmm. doesn't that hurt you asked shifting your gaze to his eyes noticing just how glassy they were
2: why am i so dumb in this
1: (laughs) well to be honest i can't really feel them anymore you cringed and slowly
2: i am cringing this is a horror movie this is a horror story i hate it
1: uh you cringed and slowly nodded somewhere between behind you you could hear alex who's another fast food worker laughing well all right What can I get you? The jittery fellow snapped his fingers a couple times before wiggling them at you. I'll take some nuggets, the ones that come in the little <laughs> box, and some fries, medium fries and a chocolate sundae because I like dipping the fries into the ice cream and then eating it. Have you tried that? It's actually quite great despite what everyone says. I first saw it on Kim Possible with my sister and thought, "Why not?"
0: What? Okay,
1: 6 nuggets, medium fries and a chocolate sundae you quickly said. So you just completely blew this guy's story about Kim Possible off which i i feel like i know you i feel like if i was saying like hey that's like kim possible we would probably be talking about that and you would not you would not do that so i think that's
2: true if i was cashiering at a fast food restaurant and a man in nipple clamps was trying to tell me about kim possible i think i would blow it off
1: fair enough (laughs) yeah uh the dude flashed a thumbs up at you right on the money my friend brilliant that's seven dollars and fifty cents You watched, more than a little amused, as he pulled out his wallet and attempted to differentiate between the coins he found inside. You could have watched him all night, but a soft thunk to your head told you otherwise. Looking down, you saw a scrunched-up burger wrapper at your feet, evidence of Alex's throw-things-first communication style. Want some help there, you asked? Nah, nah, the dude ran a hand through his greasy hair, scooped up all his loose change, and deposited it in the charity box. I hate coins. Is that enough? he asked sloppily. You were at a loss for where this is such a Why is Alex imagine. such a
2: character? I'm starting to think the, that Alex is gonna be this like the secret celeb.
1: Uh I'm skipping through there's so much shit here with Alex and and this this guy uh with the nipple clamps.
2: I take exception uh, to the idea that um dipping a fry in a milkshake is so outlandish.
1: Yeah, everyone does that. I I, I like I think most people i have gone to a fast food place with have done this uh i tried it once not great but it's fine um but yeah definitely not that outlandish definitely was not invented by kim possible basically alex okay so alex threw the thing at your head and is like can you cover me on drive-thru so you're on drive-thru now
2: i hate doing drive-thru okay i'm getting really into this
1: yeah you have to do it unfortunately uh so so alex leaves and just as he leaves a car comes into the view on the monitor perfect you muttered as you fiddled with the microphone hi welcome to utopia what can i get you you eagerly greeted in the chirpiest voice you could muster at two o'clock in the morning after a brief pause a female voice said hello can i get a large 12 nugget meal and a caramel sundae too please oh and coke for the drink you clicked your tongue and punched in the girl's order with a seed of thought sprouting at the back of your mind damn did she sound familiar all you could do was pray that it wasn't someone from school please don't be someone from school you peered at the screen but with her hoodie drawn low over her head you couldn't determine anything as you read out her total price you couldn't help but mentally sift through all the people you knew that lived in this area pull up to the second window please you instructed dreading this immensely as you filled the cup with coke and ice you couldn't help okay first of all you put the ice in first uh coke then ice that's a disaster waiting to happen yeah uh uh, you couldn't match her voice to anyone you knew you sighed you always hated the whole fake oh wow i didn't know you worked here what a surprise oh we should catch up soon it was so great seeing you by routine you shivered thrusting her drink and then her sundae a little too roughly into the carrying tray you walked to the window and inhaled deeply and here are your oh holy fuck emma fucking oh. watson looked up looked up just in time <laughs> to watch the contents of her coke and then her Sunday splatter all over her and her car oh I you've just, really fucked up
2: i just time. spilled a coke on emma watson
1: you just and a sunday sorry
2: emma fucking watson
1: emma fucking watson she gasped and her eyes widened in complete and utter shock literally in icy cold shock oh my god she puffed sitting there with ice cream in her lap you couldn't speak. You physically couldn't do anything other than stare at her with your open mouth. Maybe, just maybe the ground would open up and swallow you. What's going on here? Kim, who's your boss, shouted. Nothing, you half shouted, half uh spluttered back, only for Emma fucking Watson to glare murderously up at you. You oh, could have sworn no. it was the same look she gave Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter in the prisoner of Azkaban <sighs> when Buckbeak was about to be executed.
2: I'm about to get Sh- punched by Emma Watson
1: shit you should probably say something to her anything say anything i am a really huge fan her glare not that no (laughs)
0: her
1: her glare intensified fuck um you sputtered as you began to throw fistfuls of napkins through her window in an attempt to help just drive to the back and i'll help you out really i promise i just want to help no really it's fine she muttered as she pulled a napkin from her face and started dabbing at the mess in her lap which also happened to include very soggy money you what? mentally added that to tonight's tab
0: i i hmm
1: oh well okay she was yeah whatever it's like nine degrees out there you're totally going to freeze and your car is going to be ruined i don't think coke is going to ruin a car first of all uh
2: i think she for- can buy a new one <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh it's like nine degrees out there you're going to freeze and your car is going to be ruined please it's the least i can do you said desperate to not leave such a horrible impression on emma Fucking watson it really it's is probably saying her, emma it's, fucking watson it's
2: probably day. her favorite car too
1: oh <laughs> you ruined her you got ice cream on her favorite car she looked uh. at you and you could mentally see her debate with herself and while she did you couldn't help but notice just how beautiful she was
2: is this a horny story
1: I, I didn't think it was but maybe it is okay she finally said as you snapped out of your reverie okay you exclaimed a little too excitedly and watched as she fi- fidgeted in her seat before slowly pulling around you briefly glanced at the monitor and thanked all the gods in the world that nobody else is in the drive through you then turned on the spot and jumped at the side of your boss watching you suspiciously what's going on she asked curiously instantly you gripped your stomach and moaned i don't know you murmured I just ate a few mouthfuls of ice cream and I didn't realize it had been sitting out there for so long. You said oh. with groans here and there. This is quite an act.
2: Am I faking food poisoning to my boss, Kim? Unrelated to Kim Possible.
1: Yes. Yes. That's exactly what you're doing. Hmm. Kim sighed. Really, it being melted wasn't reason enough for you not to eat it. But I love milkshake ice cream. Kim sighed and pinched the bridge of her nose. Fine. You're lucky it's a quiet night. Swap with Alex. She barked and then march back to the registers uh fuck alex i'm skipping past all the alex stuff there's so much here i want to hear about
2: emma fucking watson
1: that's right your eyes had to adjust to the darkness before you spotted the dark blue audi uh, with its front (laughs) door open you bolted over to help to find emma watson sitting there with a hell of a lot of scrunched up wet tissues in her lap here You gave her three of the towels before placing the bucket on the ground before you. She glanced at you, then at your name and then at your utopia jumpsuit. It's clean. You insisted and placed it on the hood of the car. Seriously. No one's worn it. At least not for the last four months. It's just not the best to work. Thank you. She said with a small smile, your heart did a somersault. Can you help me up? You offered, maybe this is a horny story. I don't know. Am I going to regret reading this? I only read the very end of this thing and now I'm a little worried. Uh, (laughs) you offered up both your hands which she took with the cold with her cold ones and slowly lifted herself out of her car melted ice cream flopped to the ground you handed the outfit outfit to her you can change in the staff room staff room there's a bathroom in there and more towels she nodded her head hesitantly so you added everyone's on deck so it should be empty she smiled at you again and again you felt yourself swoon thank you oh and here you paused and pulled out the money you now owed her. I utterly destroyed the money you were about to give me. Okay, so that's what Wait, the
2: money got destroyed?
1: By the ice cream. I think Emma Watson can fucking deal with that. Honestly. Like what seven dollars for the ice cream?
2: I'm just I why was the money destroyed (laughs) by the ice cream?
1: Just absolutely obliterated. (laughs) That's how hard you threw the ice cream at her on accident. uh it's really all right she said quickly i feel bad enough that you're cleaning icy liquids in this weather you feel bad you gasped incredulously thank you but no thank you she chuckled and you inwardly groaned at the sound she scurried off towards the staff room scurried off emma watson scurrying Mm.
2: uh
1: you watched her as she you watched (laughs) her as you stood there with about five towels hanging off your shoulders and random bits of your money in your pocket you stood like that until she disappeared inside with the door slamming shut behind her, which snapped you out of your trance.
2: This is the uh, worst fantasy I've ever heard. Y- yeah, <laughs> this okay. This sounds just miserable.
1: There's an entire page of you cleaning ice cream off her car. This is such a weird... Okay. Uh, I am standing in an alien jumpsuit at a utopia. Now, that's a sentence I thought I'd, I'd never say. You jumped, spilling water all over yourself as you turn Damn on it. your heel. <laughs> <laughs> you're just spilling <laughs> everything today am i okay uh it doesn't seem like it honestly it is quite late i guess in this story so yeah you have an excuse uh you jumped spilling water all over yourself as you turn on your heel and you don't know how but emma watson actually pulled off the alien jumpsuit look you don't even know what to say you sort of stood there staring at her she held up your jacket you didn't even realize you had given it to her it was momentarily silent as you stood there looking like the biggest idiot finding it very hard to look away Finally you laughed nervously and took your coat from you you're you're a little horny for Emma Watson here, I think.
2: Yeah, well.
0: Uh, mm, eh.
1: When the door of the staff room closed behind you, oh my god, I I'm skipping the Kim and Alex stuff. Go away. I'm here to see Emma fucking Watson.
2: It's called world building.
1: This is world building. (laughs) Uh okay, here we go. We're in the good stuff. Uh you told her that you like Harry Potter. That's what happened here. I'm I'm i I'm doing a little It's at least partially here. true. <laughs> you told them that you have a Harry Potter
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> uh thank you though she said after a moment for what you glanced up at her for being a fan i don't think i got used to that term until a few years ago it was quite strange growing up in the harry potter world you (laughs) smiled then pursed your lips i don't know if i could cope with all of that you wiped her dashboard down all the attention and then the bullying you quickly add i'm sorry i didn't mean to bring that up she shook her head no it's okay she paused and licked her lips most people just assumed everyone would love me what with it being such a massive secret? But the majority of the time, I just got teased for it. I got called all sorts of names with all sorts of insults, ranging from "You're so gay" to "You're such a whiny <laughs> little bitch." Mm,
0: that's, that's
1: brutal. That's, fucked up. To,
0: that's fucked up. That's <laughs> fucked.
1: You're so gay, Hermione. <laughs> you, little, you little gay nerd. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I'm gonna feel. I'm gonna like look this up and find out that's totally true. But that's still just like insane. Like you you've you've poured ice cream all over emma watson and now she's telling you about how everyone in school called her called her a gay nerd um that's brutal you paused to watch her as she spoke she shrugged it was but i never took offense to the gay comments i never thought being gay was an insult you smiled she nice. murmured but the I, sexist <laughs> comments oh great. oh, right. mm, oh is, no the sexist comments this one time a boy in my class tried to stick up for me and he got called all these horrible names and he never said anything again that really disturbed me more than anything else that has ever happened to me Wait, what? i don't
2: the... understand what happened
1: uh someone a boy got called some names for standing up for, for being an ally
2: and then if never I... talked to her again
1: if emma watson
2: not much of an ally i guess
1: yeah if emma watson uh hates one thing it's when straight allies are, are bu- bullied <laughs> the allies are the real are the real heroes she's so um, brave
2: although she she's did so, what is her charity called
1: well we're gonna get to that
2: <laughs> okay we're, we're gonna
0: get to that
1: uh she scooped a bit of ice cream into her mouth with all that fame i wanted to make a difference you know i don't know if i could forgive myself if i had all this influence and did nothing with it i guess that's part of the reason why i'm such a huge advocate of he for she she cast a look at you have you heard of it before?
2: this is so powerful
1: (laughs) a little you answered sheepishly she smiled it's okay if you haven't it's a movement to encourage boys and men to support gender equality hence the name he for
2: she (laughs) (laughs) thank Thank you emma Emma.
1: (laughs) thank you emma (laughs) oh i see that's pretty great actually you said
2: (laughs) that is what i would say oh i see (laughs)
1: Oh I see. I think so too. I just think gender equality is an issue for men too. Many think that the word feminism is only for women, but really it just means you stand for equality. If you stand for equality, you are a feminist, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with a man being a feminist, she paused. Uh and every time I make a speech for it or educate other others about it, I think about that boy from my class. As she spoke, you could hear the passion rise in her voice, and you couldn't help but watch in awe at just how powerful this woman was—you felt so small oh. beside her.
2: <laughs> is this story supposed to be so horny?
1: I don't know. It really—I
2: legitimately is, can't tell.
1: This this story is the equivalent of that that like photo, that meme that was going around a while ago of like the really tall girl holding the other woman up against the wall or whatever.
2: Oh, from the porn.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was. It was from a porno, but that. that Wow, I just outed myself here, huh? Um...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am familiar. You're Thank familiar you. are familiar with that
0: picture. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, you can change the world, you know? She said, as if reading your mind... <laughs> anyone can you are a person after all and it only takes one person to say something you grinned brightly you really are the brightest witch of your age her laugh was musical and infectious and she smiled at you with such warmth you could barely feel the cold this is horny yeah so horny for emma uh she then glanced at her watch and sighed i better go i have a lunch fundraiser tomorrow and need some sleep uh you couldn't deny the sudden deflated feeling you felt okay you said lamely thank you for everything you really didn't have to help me out like you did no i really did she chuckled again before offering her hand it was nice to meet you despite the circumstances you beamed as you took her hand likewise emma and keep the outfit no one is going to miss it here she squeezed your hand and smiled at you again and never in your life had you wanted to not let go of something so much. You'd only thought of her as a character you loved before, but now you liked the person she was too.
2: That is a oh lot. Oh my god. That is Reluctful. so much.
1: <sighs> okay.
2: Emma Watson just turned me into a feminist.
1: That's wild.
2: You just got reverse reverse bimbofication. <laughs>
1: because of emma watson <laughs> a
2: lot of things are being revealed here today
1: <laughs> uh, okay i'm skipping forward because she disappears and you talk to alex and Kim some more but uh you shed your jacket and went to the break room however upon opening your locker you froze because instead of your usual loose receipts and random junk there was a long gray box with a disbelieving frown you pulled it out and opened it inside was a long wooden wand intricately designed for the one and only hermione granger atop it was a note in gorgeous cursive handwriting try not to break this
2: she just carry this around with her
1: i guess so i guess she's got a lot of she gets in your, it, how'd you get in I, your locker
2: i thought it was gonna have like her phone number like she oh, slipped her phone s- number into your locker yeah. like, like nice um but a replica wand is also something i guess
1: that's a thing that's a that's a nice token, I guess uh, but yeah, so you spilled you spilled ice cream all over Emma Watson and her car, and you got a wand out of it, but you still have to work at the shitty fast food place, but you are a feminist now.
2: I got a wand, I became a feminist. that's great that's some that's <coughs> some great stuff um i uh, the thing that really gets to me about these like real life celebs ones is that i I feel like they're crazy like this is like this is even in the realm of what emma watson would be like in real life like she's just like giving you an inspirational speech that she would be like like being a keynote speaker at a charity speech (laughs) to you in the parking lot um my other favorite detail of this one is um the physics of this milkshake
1: it destroyed the money
2: destroy the money it's like on the dash and you have to use five towels to to like clean it up
1: it ruined her car you nearly ruined it what is this like acidic ice cream is it like does it like start burning as soon as it touches something that's it's it's a little little scary maybe you should work at a better I, i i hate to say this to you but i'm imagine finding a better fast food place to work at or maybe not even a fast food place because it seems like you know, aside from meeting Emma Watson, this place seems a little dangerous.
2: It does seem dangerous. There's um,
1: people with nipple clamps coming in at three a.m. There's there's ice cream that seems to kill you if you if you touch it.
2: I feel like it's been a hundred years since the nipple clamp detail. The fact that that's all just extraneous information is remarkable.
1: This really paints a picture. Like the thing, the thing with most imagines is that like you know they're short and sweet and like they really just get to the heart of the thing it's trying to make you fantasize about uh this really like tries to have some character development and uh uh builds a mood and i just think that works against it honestly
2: yeah i I guess the, the way the form of imagines that i'm more familiar with are like almost like one sentence like imagine waking up and harry styles is making you pancakes
1: imagine imagine emma watson turning you into a feminist
2: imagine spilling a milkshake on emma watson getting turned into a feminist and then receiving a, a memento replica wand in your work locker
1: and not her phone number no kind of got stood up by emma watson honestly it a little bit like.
2: yeah because it, it
1: felt it felt like at least from the way the story was written it felt like you were really kind of putting it out there for emma watson but she was not uh recepting you're receptive to it really which is kind of a bummer but you know shoot your shot
2: yeah you know like i feel like there are different celebs that are more or less likely to get like photorealistic graphite drawings of their face <laughs> uh, and and like number one is like marilyn monroe right but i'm yep. pretty sure mm-hmm. emma watson might be like number two as in <laughs> there are just so many like graphite (laughs) renderings of her face online and this and this this imagine fic is like that come to life to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's such a you could write an imagine about that for sure that's such a vivid picture right yeah that's that's powerful yeah if you just like search emma watson drawing online that's you will get a million identical looking like perfectly photorealistic pencil drawings i'm trying to like
2: come up with some sort of like literary read of the um of how the the sex like the sex themed party man with nipple clamps what has to do with like the arc of this story
1: maybe he's not a feminist
2: or maybe he is a feminist because he's like a like a subby like kinky guy you know he's really he (laughs) for she he's really (laughs)
1: oh my god sorry
2: sorry i'm trying to delete
1: (laughs) it oh my god perfect yeah i i i don't know and 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 uh you know i skimmed over some of it because because we had to time skip um but uh alex definitely was kept out of the loop you kept alex out of the meeting emma watson loop
2: right Um, i didn't go like hey emma watson is here or like alex help me clean up this milkshake from emma watson's car it's slowly eating through her upholstery
0: and
1: and i wonder you know maybe you know because because alex is you know throwing stuff at your head and making you cover his shift and stuff maybe maybe he's the one who would have benefited from learning a thing or two about he for she from emma watson
2: i'm really sad i kind of stood in the way of that opportunity for him to learn
1: yeah a little selfish you know i i know i know that you wanted emma watson's phone number but but keeping alex away from from you know this this moment of of growth uh i feel like was a missed opportunity for him and who knows if he'll ever be a feminist now
2: so really the wand with no no phone number is more like a punishment for my character this is
1: this is the bad end or i guess this is like the neutral end like like if we're thinking about this like a visual novel There's definitely a perfect route to this, right? Which is, which is like probably having Alex come and help you clean the car. Then Emma Watson can explain he for she to both of you uh and then you know maybe he resi- is resistant at first but then changes his mind then he goes off to to help a customer and emma watson is like you know it's really meaningful that you you know we change someone's life tonight here's my phone mm. number that's that's probably the good end right that's,
2: yeah and it's like here's my number come to one of my charity events you'll you'll be a keynote speaker where you can tell the story
1: exactly yeah you don't have to work at a fast food joint anymore
2: Hmm. it's real bummer that we only got the neutral end yeah this, well this imagine yeah
1: you know that's 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 what the beauty of these is is that you can play it again and again and again only you can't because it's an imagine and this is the only one i love these so much i'm so glad i i bought these with money uh and they are just as uh insane as you would hope like, it's
2: truly incredible that you bought that with money what you, did, you just <laughs> was, read to me was purchased was, with with real united states dollars two
1: whole dollars and i think that's uh, beautiful yeah uh it's fantastic i'll i'll keep my eyes peeled for more harry potter related ones i hope there's a meeting daniel radcliffe one uh i f- i know that you found some snape imagines the problem is with these real celebrity ones i bet there are some real bad meeting alan rickman ones
2: oh no uh,
1: that have to be a fucking nightmare um so maybe we'll uh when, once snape starts showing up in order of the Phoenix. Maybe I'll uh, I'll slip in some some Sna- um, some uh, Alan Rickman. See, I almost did it. I almost mixed up Snape with Alan Rickman. In yeah,
2: I did poke around on the, the Snape ones a, a little bit. Uh, and they're very dark most of the time. <laughs> I, uh, they're, really I, really
1: dark I
2: think that stuff. tracks. Yeah, yeah, that,
1: that tracks. Um, but yeah, so that was that was our story time. Season five, that. starting with a bang uh, with with getting getting politely stood up by emma watson
2: well nice we can accept that well shall we
1: shall we wrap this up i'm feeling good about this one season five starting off starting off good
2: yeah yeah
1: our theme song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon huge thanks to them for letting us use that you can check them out on Bandcamp. You can check us out at patreon.com/slash streetcast. We have so much good stuff. If you liked that story that I read, uh, I read <laughs> ones about Jennifer Lawrence and Matt Damon and a certain other uh celeb who I'll keep a mystery. Uh if you if you want some more of that, check us out on Patreon, get those episodes. It's real good stuff. Um I think most importantly, we've got it, we've gotta work it out what are we reading this week
2: <laughs> that's a very good question um it's hard to tell because now that you mentioned it i'm like the font is smaller isn't it
1: <laughs> it's real small
2: it's small um let's do two again okay i think there's gonna be a lot of lore which is exciting. i love lore I think there's gonna be some lore so let's read chapter three which is called the advance guard uh, and we will also read chapter four, which is called "Number Twelve Grimold Place."
1: Excellent! That's very exciting. I can't wait to get to Sirius Black's weird little house.
2: Yeah, the the picture for the Grimold Place chapter is uh, the uh, the illustration is the the dead house elf heads.
1: Oh, good. Ooh, good. Ooh, we're gonna get some good house elf content, aren't
2: mm-hmm. we?
1: All right. Well, I am super duper looking forward to that. But even with that in mind please read another book
2: please read another book you going to the dream but there's a lady there makes ocean
1: roll seem tame but know what you're after if you catch a eye cuz this heart and my is just a cat in
0: disguise